Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler along with Mr. Ira Work. So, if you are a student of the market, don't watch it too close because it's nothing, but it'll drive you crazy watching it too closely. But we'll just talk a little bit about what has been happening recently. If we look at the month of, uh, what it was, I guess it was July, markets looked... It didn't matter which market you were looking at. They all look pretty good. You know, and I mean, sometimes I go, which market? You know, and I, when somebody says, the market did this, and I go, which one? You know, because you've got large U.S. stocks, you got small U.S. stocks. You know, the, there were market segments that had significantly different returns in the month of July. Some areas did much, much better than others. Uh, but, you know, in general, all different markets, whether they be large, small, value, growth, international, U.S., you know, all pretty good. August, you know, not so much. But, you know, the reality is that when people say to me, well, the market's not looking good, or the market did great this month, or well, I don't know what I think about the market, they're referring to three different U.S. benchmarks. They're not thinking as globally nor as diversified as we are with, by actually breaking them down even further to growth and value or large and small. Mm -hmm. So... When they hear the market, for the most part, most people are actually thinking about the Dow. Yeah, and, and, the other, and the other two. And the NASDAQ and the S&P. Mm -hmm. So maybe the S&P a little bit more. Um, but I, th I think most people, their investment knowledge is limited to what they hear on television or radio. And, and in, in general, that, you know, that, that's going to be true. You know, last time... I can't remember last time I heard somebody come in here and say, hey, I heard the Nikkei did this or the IFA, yeah. the Europe Australia Far East Index did this. Uh, you know, yeah. So so most people don't really know a whole lot about that. So it, in effect, that's what we're talking about. You know, if we look back through history, it's pretty significant historical difference between value and growth companies, value having the higher return growth as being what you hear about more often. Uh, you know, so... That has been it's been one of those those things that that we've looked at in you know the, in July, uh, you had really good. And then what happened with August was that there had been some some talk about the Federal Reserve, about interest rates, and you know companies that are going to be more affected by increasing interest rates would be who? Well, it'd be companies that borrow money more often. You know, companies that don't need to borrow money. Uh, are not going to be as negatively affected. Also, companies who don't necessarily rely on the public borrowing money to buy their products wouldn't be ne as negatively affected. So let's say if you have to borrow money, maybe for cars or for big ticket items, you are going to be less likely to go buy the products of companies that make stuff that you have to borrow money for if interest rates go up. So hence, that has been one of the things that has been talked about pretty significantly. Now, this past week, 
Fed chairman, so the Federal Reserve, you know, they are an independent bank, and people say, oh, it's unconstitutional. I hear all kinds of stuff. Conspiracy theories. You're not going to hear conspiracy theory garbage out of me. Uh, But in general, you have a separate entity that deals with the money supply. You know, for example, why is this important? Well, if you look around the world and you look at how big of a problem our debt is, you know, compared to other countries around the world, look at our national debt. You hear an awful lot of people talking about how our national debt is going to sink us and it's going and people worry they they go it's going to bother it's going to also affect negatively companies as well. And people own the stock market. They think it's negatively going to affect the stock market. And one of the things I point out about this is that if you're talking about a company, why is it, and this is my question to you, why is it that a stock would go down in a company or the company would be negatively affected by a debt that is owed not by the company but by the government? Okay, so think about that for a second. Why is it that the company would be affected? And you could make the case that if the government is in a negative cash position, they've got a problem, that they may raise taxes on companies in order to collect money, in order to tax these corporations and therefore that will negatively affect the earnings of the companies and that would drive the stock market down. But you have a serious problem with that theory. And that is that companies will pick up their toys and leave. Think about Burger King leaving. The one example I always like to give because it's such a stark example. Picking up their toys and going to Canada. Or think about Warren Buffett basically saying, here's what companies do, guys. They borrow money from each other and thereby they don't have to pay taxes. So they find ways to get around. The taxes. Okay, that's that's one of the things that they do. Or they go and change where they operate out of. Maybe they move their operations to other countries. Now, politicians know this. How do I know that politicians know this, Ira? How do we know that politicians know that companies do this? Because they get on TV and talk about it. Yes. And what they do is they put all kinds of tax benefits enforce if you will move to their location. You know, notice that when companies think about moving their businesses, a big corporation's thinking about moving where they're going to manufacture cars. What gets in the news everywhere? Where Ford is moving. And what are the politicians doing? They are coming up with all kinds of tax incentives to get people to move to their location. Right. So tax, you know, you think about this, politicians know this. They know that if they tax a company too much, that the company will locate someplace else. So if, if the government's problems, follow me on this one, if the government's problems are somehow going to negatively affect corporations, because that's what people are worried about, right? If the national debt gets too high, the government will tax corporations to death and the stock market will go down. So you think about what is going on here. This is basic psychology. Basic psychology 
is where something negative or something scary is brought up in the media. And then there's the middle part of your brain that responds to new information in 0.2 seconds versus the front part of your brain, which is the thinking part of your brain, and it takes a lot longer for it to respond. Then what it does is it drives you to make a decision that many times is irreversible and make a mistake. And we're talking about an investing mistake when we go and change our portfolio based on something that scares us. Now, this whole idea of the national debt getting out of hand is not new. When I was an economics major over 30 years ago, we were panic-stricken over the national debt, let me just tell you. If you look at the national debt and you look at it as a percentage of GDP, it is very, very high. No question about it. It's a fraction of what Japan's is. And it's a fraction of what some other countries are as well around the, around the world. And you look at Germany, you look at France, you look at a lot of countries. And when I'm talking about these other countries, their stock markets, even with higher GDPs or higher debt compared to their GDP, that's how you measure debt. You, merit, you measure it compared to the economy. Even with very, very, and even higher debt to GDP ratios, their stock markets have done just fine over the past 30 years. Okay, so I'm not dismissing the debt and saying it's not important at all, nothing like that. I'm, I'm just saying that that is, a, that is something that people have talked about negatively affecting the stock market for quite a long time. So the Federal Reserve... And you say, and some people have said this, and you know, you know, I've even quoted this before because you know, the people have said, "Hey, you know what we could do is we could print our way out of the debt, right?" Mm -hmm. And and there, yep. there's that talk. There's the talk we could print our way out of the debt. We could increase the money supply. Now, did they do that? Maybe a little bit, but they don't overdo it because the reality of it is the Federal Reserve is big on making sure that inflation doesn't get out of hand. And if inflation gets out of hand, and because the Federal Reserve is separate from the government, because, and that's one of the people say, well, it's not even a government agency, it's not even the government. Well, we don't want it to be. And the reason is, is we want a separate entity controlling the money supply. And by the way, other countries around the world, all the major economies around the world have their own central banks. And that's why they have their own central banks, is because we want that to be a separate entity. Because if you had government officials in charge of it, let me tell you what would be happening. Hey, it's election year. Let's increase the money supply so we get the economy rocking and rolling. And then once they get elected, they let everything go to heck in a handbasket for a couple of years. And then just before election comes up again, hey, let's increase the money supply. So, you know, so you would have politicians rigging the process. So that's number one. That's why we don't do that. You know, and, and I hear all kinds of people saying, oh, no, 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 that's not the way it works. You know, it's, it's the way it works. You know, so, so in effect, what happens is we have this control over the money supply. But there's another thing, and it was interesting because uh, actually Trump talked about this uh, when he was president, the possibility of taking national assets and selling them <laughs> to pay off the debt. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people forget and then, you know, I, I say that laughingly, but, you know, there are a lot of national assets that you could use to pay off the, the debt and, and pay it down some. So that's, I guess it's out there. It's, it's a possibility. But if we look at the, the national debt, number one, it is 
a lot of people use that as an example of, you know, why we have to be, you know, very, very concerned about stock markets. And, you know, the, the, the issue is, is this. Do companies have to pay to use your money? Just because the government has a lot of debt, does it mean that they will no, no longer have to pay to use your money? In other words, will stock market returns go away just because the government has a lot of debt? No, actually, if you have lots of inflation, companies will keep charging more for their things. And historically, what happens, their earnings go up because you keep having to pay more for the stuff that they're selling you and actually could be really great for stock. When you look at some of the highest stock market returns in our history, it's been in very higher, much, much higher inflationary periods in the nation's history. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily equate that just because we have inflation that you have bad stock market returns. So what happens is that the Federal Reserve comes out and talks an awful lot about inflation and interest rates. And hence, that's the reason. So it can have a negative impact on earnings in the short run. And hence, stock markets go down. But don't necessarily take that to mean that stock markets long run will have bad returns because that's just absolutely that doesn't equate. So the Fed actually came out this week and they were talking a little bit about this. And here's what they had to say. Here's what Fed Chairman Jerome Powell had to say about this. We have tightened policy significantly over the past year. Although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development, it remains too high. We are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably down toward our objective. We are attentive. You know, so, that's, so in essence, what he's saying is that we could be raising rates. And, and this is something the Wall Street Journal took some issue with. Uh, and they were editorializing on because they're looking at this and saying, is this really true that the Fed will continue to raise rates? Because there are a lot of things out there that are telling us that interest rates may not need to go a whole lot higher simply just because there are, there's weakness that's showing up in various places. But the, the Fed chairman is saying and talking about interest rates going up more preemptively is what the journal says. They're saying that you know he had this on the one hand and on the other hand speech that he gave. On the one hand, the unwinding of the pandemic distortions, you know, with supply chains issues and all those types of things, and the Fed rate increases are now working together to bring down inflation. So that's what the Fed chairman is saying, is inflation, the pressure is downward. And if the pressure is downward, that would mean that you're not necessarily looking to increase the interest rates anymore. But then there are some hawkish sounding aspects, which is where he's saying we might have to raise rates in the future. And a lot of people are looking at it going, well, shoot, housing's slowing down, you know, quite a bit. Car purchases have been slowing down quite a bit. But the reason that the Fed would continue this type of talk is, in essence, what they're saying is because we don't necessarily want to say, hey, inflation is no longer a problem anymore. Because all of a sudden, what that would do is that would start causing stock markets to go up that would increase the wealth effect maybe a little too rapidly and when you have the wealth effect which is people feel wealthier when their investment portfolios are more valuable and when their homes go up in value and their businesses go up in value what do they do they spend and thereby bring inflation right back to the forefront again mm -hmm. so the fed by by 
just being a little bit hawkish is just saying, hey, hey, don't get too out of hand. Don't get too, too big of a rush. And we may actually come back with some rate increases in the future. You know, so don't necessarily get too, uh, too optimistic too soon. But they don't want to spook investors. But and so what happened is the stock market, when he first made those comments, this is, this is the nature of market efficiency, by the way. Markets digest new information as it comes out. And when he started coming out with hawkish talk about increasing interest rates, stocks started to slide down a little bit. But then what happened is, is more people started to think about what he was saying and, and how he was saying it. And it started to sound like he was going to be very careful and that he wasn't in a rush to raise interest rates. Stocks actually started to increase again. Right. And you had to know ahead of time. You had to figure it out ahead of time to buy stocks just before all of a sudden people started to recognize that his hawkishness was more just posturing. You can't figure it out. Well, because he's not... He doesn't know what he's going to do in 15 days from now. That's true. I mean, he's going to look at the data when the meeting comes and make the decision at the meeting. That's true. He's not going to tell you today what he's going to do three days, five days, seven days, two weeks. And if he doesn't even know what's going to happen, where, where he's going to go, how are we as investors? And that's why when, when I'm talking about here is why you don't try to time the market. And try to get out or get in when you think it's going to go up or, or make changes like that. It's because the Fed can't even figure it out. How are we going to figure it out? So I just thought that would be just an instructive little piece right there, just talking a little bit about Federal Reserves, how does it affect things? You know, because I've had that question a lot, quite frankly. An email. You know, people say, Paul, I hear about this. And I'm saying, and they say, what do I do? I heard this. And, I, you know, I got this email. And I had, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to say, hit unsubscribe. <laughs> just, just you I, got, yeah, I, I told somebody, just turn on reruns of Happy Days. Anything, <laughs> anything, just hit unsubscribe, because and 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 one of the recent ones I just got, I, I said, did you read the fine print? Uh, no. I said, do you see who put that out? Uh, no. And they, they said the dollar's going to crash. And I said, did you see? And they said, no. I said, they were selling gold. And, and because the dollar's going to crash, they want your dollars <laughs> for their gold. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, you said something at the beginning of the segment about you know, Trump saying, we'll just sell some national assets. <laughs> you know, yeah. If they were to take over every company in the S&P 500 and sell them, they could pay off the national debt. <laughs> well, I don't think that wouldn't be a good idea. No, see, you think about it, that's that's not going to happen. Right. Because you're killing the goose that lays the golden eggs. Right. You know, you look at where the money comes from, and you just go like, okay, and I, and I know it's an overused, it's an overused um, metaphor. You know, mm -hmm. the golden goose, uh, you know, or the goose, you know, that lays the golden egg. But it would be like going... Uh, you know, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, we've got this. Um, we got this machine that produces, you know, some some cars or something like that. Hey, you know what? Let's just destroy the machine that's producing the cars and go. Well, what happened? How do we produce cars? Uh, well, who cares? I mean, you know, it, it would be ridiculous. Oh, You're not going right. to fix the problem. It would be all right if it was electric cars. <laughs>
<laughs> That's terrible. All right. Listening to the Investor Coaching Show. You don't want me coming up with metaphors on, on, on the fly. It's just apparently it just doesn't work. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.